0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Symposia Disney. I was just telling Danica, this is Liz, and I was just telling Danica and Liza that I have like no Disney anything today, like my cup is like a Macy's kitchen cup. Whenever Macy's had the cupboard, I don't even know. I'm wearing just like regular clothes. So yeah, I need help today. It's basically. Okay. I need nothing.
1: You're Disney spirit all the time.
2: Yes. <laughs> I think that, that I think that that's kind of cool. Like that like, you know, that it doesn't have to be like about like the stuff that we buy at Disney, yeah. even though that becomes like the like the media focus of, of Disney, right? Yes.
0: <laughs> wow. We're having like the true spirit of Christmas lies in like <laughs> I'm just, um, well,
2: well, my yes. Disney gear today is, yes. um, and the only reason I'm, I think I set this up, or I don't know, like, you don't want to know how my laundry works, but it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I um, it's
2: pretty lazy, but the, mm-hmm. um, but I am wearing a t-shirt from my second favorite Disney podcast, <gasps> the 3028, oh, wow. nice. and they did like this t-shirt, like I guess maybe like four or five months ago, mm-hmm. and I was so excited, and I remember I came home and I was like, oh my God, like, do we buy one for the whole family? <laughs> yeah. And Alex was like, I don't, you know. I think mean, I'll enjoy that podcast, but maybe that's your <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, but it does have you know, the Epcot ball, which is yeah, my, that is a great my, t-shirt. And it also has a good, like the three-legged goat or with a five—I don't know. Oh my gosh! Goat yes, goat. from the contemporary.
0: <gasps> it's
2: got a goat. Oh. It's got the Epcot ball, and I'm uh, very fond of this shirt
0: um it's a, it looks it's really cool. soft is it yeah. really soft it's, really,
2: like, it's a good you know like as like right as we get older like we just we're not gonna wear like crappy t-shirts mm-mm, anymore, mm-mm. This is, like a good quality t-shirt and you know how you don't know like I always hate buying t-shirts yeah. online because it's like what is that, gonna, mm-hmm. how is that gonna how is that gonna feel yes. um but it's a good quality shirt and it was oh. you know yeah like um yeah I'm, I'm Deeply happy with it, and then I have this is an accident; it wasn't planned. I just have my Harry Potter mug, oh, um, which is a really, really good shape. Mm-hmm. And then I, every time I use it, I always have like these sort of, this you know, political war in my head about it. And I'm not really sure. Oh what to do
0: no, I know, I know. Like Rory was saying today that she wanted that's my middle for everybody who's eight, and she was like, oh, I want to. Cause she had tried the Harry Potter books a few years ago, but obviously she was super young, right? But she just wanted to be like her big sister, so now she's like, "Oh, I want to read them." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." Mm-hmm. It
1: brought us a lot. It brought me a lot of joy at mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. points in my life. <laughs> I know, and I
2: think that that's really. I mean, I think that that's important. It's sort of how I kind of feel about it, like like Michael. Jackson. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like
2: yeah. A lot of things that like. in some ways it transcends Mm -hmm. like that person and Mm -hmm. that that, and and that moment um but that doesn't mean it can't be part of the conversation of course um I'm sort of waiting for like the world to destroy my kids' Harry Potter fantasies they'll eventually get there and like Mm
1: -hmm.
2: they can go through the same same horror that I I myself (laughs) felt yes but uh But it is, you know, and I also had really been pushing away from Harry Potter for a while before the whole JK Rowling uh, horrific transphobia, Um, just Mm -hmm. so full of fat phobia, Mm -hmm. the the sort of acceptance of child abuse, it's like, Mm Harry has to get tortured here. And it's like, I don't, I think that we're all wizards. I feel like this can be solved easier than, than, than what, mm-hmm. what is happening. There's a, but you know, I think that's also, you know, I, I think as kids, like we, we do see these things a little bit more. Uh, it, it, it spoke to me a lot differently than, than certainly right. reading aloud to my children where I was like, Oh my God.
0: Oh, I know. I know when you're reading it. Yeah. Which we would have read it in like our twenties. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and Like I think the first book, so I'm Harry's age. So I think it also kind of goes with that because he's supposed to have been born in 1980 and I'm born in 1980. So like this whole thing is like, I'm like, wow. So when it originally came out and I didn't read it when it first came out, but I was babysitting for kids who were reading it. And so that's what we would read at night. And I remember we were on vacation together and I legit read them like a chapter, put them in bed and took the book and (laughs) finished it that night. 'Cause I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. But I, yeah. And then you I, and then you go through it and the different ways that J.K. Rowling has like retcon things to try and say, like, oh, I meant that all along. And it's like, did you? I mean, maybe you did, but then why didn't you just say it? Right. And yes, now the transphobia and all of those things. Uh yeah.
1: I just like to think of it as like the Emma Watson like franchise now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that makes me feel better than like like i'll do like her version of it for for the rest of the yeah. for the rest of my life
0: oh yeah. the hermione grangers of the world right yes oh. that, there's that great buzzfeed article yes
2: like, like, ago where if everything mm-hmm. from, from hermione grangers mm-hmm. right really good oh. yeah. I,
0: I mean and that's that's how i feel because i mean Again, Harry's my age, but who actually likes Harry? Does anyone actually like Harry Potter? Like the same person in the in that book? He's book, he's
1: book.
0: yeah, he's just a cipher and oh gosh, I'm going to I'm going to say it people. I have never understood like the allure of Mickey Mouse because again, just everything revolves around him. So it's the interesting characters who are revolving around Mickey. It's like Harry doesn't bring much to the table. Mm-hmm. Give me Neville Longbottom any Neville. day of the week yeah. over yeah. Harry. Yeah. Yeah, like so that. Yeah, I love that we were gonna get together and talk about Raya and the last dragon. And now we're like, let me tell you all about our feelings.
2: <laughs> I, I had a connection though, that I didn't think about until we were talking, but um, so I'll say the connection after Liza tells us her, what she's wearing right here. Okay,
1: so uh, speaking of Mickey, I have my Mickey cup from my trip from 2019. So that's fun. And I'm drinking a big thing of iced coffee because I'm hungover. And I also have this hot topic tank top that I got last two years ago. It says beauty comes from within. And I thought it was appropriate since we're doing a princess movie today. Mm-hmm. Technically But we'll debate the, the category maybe. Yes. Today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but we that is that.
1: my gear. And um, I got this, like, comfy blazer, and it's, like, really like a sweatshirt, but it looks a little more formal oh. on camera than I, than I thought it would. Like, I kind of look like I'm at work right now, but it's really cozy.
0: Where Where is the comfy? I have a couple of comfy blazers. Where is that comfy blazer from? Do you remember?
1: Do you guys ever um, shop at Maurice's? No. It's an online. It's I mean, I, I've never been to a, you know, brick and mortar Maurice's, but it's great. It's mm-hmm. just, like... Fun. like they have a lot like a huge range of sizes like a lot of body positive like models on the on the website so Maurice's and it, it was ju- I just got it so it's excellent there. yeah excellent. all right so Danica you
0: had um you had a takeaway connection
2: yes yeah. I did that just sort of popped up but one of the things you know re- regarding Harry Potter that I think you know that there was a lot of racism in Harry Potter before like we got to before we sort of started re-looking at this you know 20 years later and stuff and one of the most like astounding parts right is uh is sort of how Cho Chang both both her name right has yeah. in, a, in a book where everybody has sort of fantastic fabulous names we have this extremely racialized name right and then how that actress um Kelly Long I'm sorry if I how I said that wrong um uh, was treated during the movies and was really told just to like brush it under the rug. And was sort of, and, and at the time was like, this is, you know, you are treating me as a sort of racial stereotype. And at the same time was like, I also really want to be in Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, wanted to be included in this sort of universe. And, you know, and what's interesting is like my um, oldest daughter uh, for years, was obsessed with Cho Chang because that was like the character she could see herself as mm-hmm. in, the, in the film as a you know as a a, a little girl, which I think brings us to uh, to Raya and uh, the uh, who uh, and uh, Kelly Chan, who is the um, the actress who plays her, who also was Rose right in mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. you know playing this fantastic character um in the second of the new trilogy and you know and then internet trolls lost their minds that there was a um uh an an actress of asian descent playing and uh somebody who was really like pushing the rebel agenda forward in a way that um that nobody else in that film was and she also as my husband pointed out wasn't wearing a metal bikini Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um How can can we possibly let let that woman, you know, exist in the Star Wars universe? And in in what is really fairly disgusting, right? Disney really listened to those internet trolls and cut her role down significantly for the final film, and actually kind of created her into a a character that that wasn't the the sort of rebel that she had been in the second film. And then, but then she's voicing uh, Raya in. Mm -hmm. which I keep pronouncing a different way each time I say it Uh, uh, in, um, in this film. And, you know, I was reading interviews with her and this one moment where she was like, I just, I really wanted to encapsulate her, her real righteous rage. And, um, and again, like, you know, what is a princess movie? What, what do we look for? Um, And I don't, I don't know how many, you know, how many voice actresses in Disney films have used that as like, I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to absolutely like her rage. And I um, I'm, I'm I was so taken aback by that and intrigued and excited. Mm-hmm. So, so those are my two connections is especially in these days, which, and I'm not, not uh, I'm sort of shamefully not near, don't know hardly anything about this, but the Asian uh, uh rhetoric that we were experiencing, very much from the forefront this last year, mm-hmm. um, though it has always existed in some in many terrible ways. You know, thinking about the uh, the beauty and the rage of this of this film, yeah. and it's beautiful, right? That so just gorgeous. I could watch it with the sound off. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the animation is gorgeous. It's
1: gorgeous and it's stylized and it's it's unique. You know, it, it has its own feel, um, look. You know, look and feel that I think is. So unique and, and gorgeous. I was reading another um, article that connected or said it's sort of like a, a blend of like a princess story and an Avenger story. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really interesting too. Or like, at least like the way they figure Raya,
0: Raya, Raya. So my kids keep saying that it's Raya. And every time I say Raya, they like, Correct me, but I don't fully know. Also, I keep accidentally calling it Raya and the Last Dinosaur, because for some odd reason, like, the good dinosaur keeps popping into my head as I say it. So, but I think I've got it. I think it's Raya and the Last Dragon. But, I don't know. Talk to my kids.
1: She's just, like, badass, you know, oops, um, bleep. She's just, like, awesome, you know, warrior, and, and I don't know, and and. princess. I I just think it's, it was a fantastic movie. Yeah. What do we think about the, um, the racial representation?
0: I mean, I, I, I thought it was good. I know that there have been commentary online that it's mostly, I think East Asian actors and not, or those of East Asian descent and not necessarily Southeast Asian, depending on what is depicted, I mean, from, so from a a drought perspective that we barely ever had any of this representation before, Mm -hmm. it seems like a great step forward, but I know that there are people who are still like, we're not there yet, which I think is fair, right? Like we have made a step, but we are not fair. I thought it, my kids like were fully into it. Like they loved it. Um, I did try to convince them to get uh, what Namari's haircut.
1: Uh, They were like,
0: they were like, nah. And I'm like, I don't know. That's pretty cool. I am like living every 1990s moment right now. Look, did you see what's on her ear? This is again, this was made for me. Speaking as, you know, a white woman of European descent, I thought it was a good step forward. But again, I understand that there are still very legitimate critiques out there. Mm -hmm
2: yeah, and I you know that's I, that's exactly how I would feel. i I thought it was really just really smart, super written, super beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't that is not my area of study, so I don't mm-hmm. really know very much about about that area. But I felt um certainly in how it resonated with my my girls and um and my son as well. like they all felt it was just a like a great film to watch. You know, and there's been a lot of talk about sort of uh, like the queer, like the sort of queering mm-hmm. of two main characters' relationships, and you know, and as an academic who kind of came up during when everything started getting queered, I guess <laughs> the of everything, you know, I'm I'm not sure how much I see evidence of that in the film, unless we just. Because the premise, if there's not like a a male love interest, it actually is like a querying mm-hmm. of our sort of absolutely heteronormative, uh, you know, expectations in our society. Like, I'll I'll take that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the strong family relationships in that film, without it being a rebellion against those strong family mm. relationships, was was a pretty a pretty big break from I think anything that we've seen in Disney. Like, it wasn't it you know it wasn't really these breaks from tradition it wasn't a break from from family and the expectations of what our family has on ha, and that stifles us right in fact it was a it was it was a bringing that out with sort of how do we negotiate what tradition expects of us with us being just uh, inherently individual peoples right and of course the answer is like, that's, that's of course, part of the tradition <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to, that you go through that, right. That you, mm-hmm. you know, there is no perfect answer and that kind of makes it perfect, I guess.
0: No, I, so I don't, so yes, the family structures, I was really struck. I'm going to return back, I guess, to, but your commentary on rage. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, and now I'm just, and then uh, Liza. So Danica's comment on rage and then Liza's comment about as an Avengers movie and We are now speaking in time when the last episode of WandaVision had happened. Mm -hmm. And in that series, we see, and in the character of Wanda Maximoff, even from Endgame, we see rage, right? We we see a lot of rage and what rage does and the use of rage. And yet that rage can still be, I want to say creatively generative, because that's like literally stolen from an SNL skit on Olivia (laughs) Rodrigo's driver's license. That rage is not necessarily, it can be destructive, but you can also target that into something else. And I think the idea of women as full of rage is something that we're never quite comfortable with. So the fact that Wanda did it, and now Raya is Mm -hmm. this young woman full of rage. And that is what's keeping her going and keeping her going for six years. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're going to go back to the Avengers the blip was five years, right? So this is a six year like quest of traveling all over. And we also see the sadness when she's at the sixth place um, to try and conjure up uh, Sisu and she cries because this is it. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, for me, I guess seeing that rage, seeing that level of emotion, seeing that it's not a negative, like that wasn't the negative of of her character ever. That I don't know. I I yeah. yeah, I guess I'm struck by that.
2: Yeah. That she that she didn't have to overcome her rage. Yeah. Like it was it was actually that's like because and her rage comes from like a place of love and same mm-hmm. from Rwanda, right? That this yeah. is that that's that's the source of it.
0: And and now to make this all about me, like whenever people say, like, oh, I don't know how you finished your dissertation when you had three small kids and you didn't blah 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 and, and you, you know, didn't like they weren't in daycare and all these things. And I usually, and they're like, well, how did you do it? And I'm like, anger, anger, <laughs> anger and spite. That like, I felt like people were like, you're not going to do it. And obviously that's way different. And I am now like, woo! I am not saying that I am Wanda or Raya fixing the world, but it is that like, no, I, I pushed myself forward because I was like, no one, I, no one seems to think I'm going to. So.
1: Well, to and it's, them. so it's so interesting to like, see a woman represented. That's, you know, allowed to be exploring her anger and allowed to be like, you know, like how she engages with like Sisu, like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: she, you know, like, like Sisu doesn't even like judge her for it. Like she tries to like have her see beyond it a little bit, but like, and not be like, you know, in a vortex spinning in her rage. But like, I think, I think it's like nice to like show girls that you're allowed to be fucking pissed. Oh my God. You're allowed to be pissed. Uh, So I was thinking a lot about how both Moana and um, Raya start with this story. Um, Like in the beginning, how there's a narrative about what was before, you know, and how there's this harmonious world. And then something happens to break it up and and separate it and, um, you know, different forces emerge. And and so the drune sort of reminded me of the the darkness or the blackness that was kind of creeping over everything in Moana. And then I think we talked about this either offline or online last time, but like how or or at least once before how like the ultimate is a restoring of tradition Mm -hmm. that fixes that that heals everything so it's like progress through like restoration of tradition and I just thought that that was it's such an interesting ground for like Disney to be exploring and like doubling down on and like even in Frozen 2 I think that's the same message right like it's like we have to go back to um how (laughs) it was before in order to go forward we have to restore tradition and, and and like the, you know, kind of undo the effects of, of like this sort of separateness or colonization or, you know, genocide, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like it's, I just didn't know if you guys had any thoughts about that or if you, you know, had any other connections that you could see the heart of Tafiti mm-hmm. kind of like, was like that, the dragon's jewel or whatever. Mm-hmm. What did you call so- it? dragon oh Oh. i I forget what it's called in raya
0: i think it is the dragon is it the jewel the gem dragon
1: gem dragon gem i think
0: yeah i also i saw i did see connections i saw different connections mainly because one of the things that my 11 year old really gets stuck on is whenever we're talking about anything she says well is this a good person or a bad person uh-huh. And she, right. Like it's that whole, like, you must be one or the other. And yet in Raya, both Raya and Namari are at the end, especially like simultaneously kind of guilty of what is wrought yeah. at the very end. And it's neither that they are good nor bad people, they are people. And right. I think in Moana, we also get that right. Like everyone is like, Oh, Tafiti is doing these horrible things. And it's no, something was done and it must be fixed. And when we watch Frozen 2, I think we start seeing that because they're afraid of the woods, but it turns out it's because the father, the grandfather, had betrayed the people. So on that hand, you did have someone we thought was good, but turns out to be bad. In Moana, you have someone who is bad, but turns out to be good. And then in Raya, you have people who are good and potentially bad, but they're actually both.
1: At the same
0: time. And I think we're hitting a point of nuance where we kind of, we see that a bit when we, so when we brought in like the new Maleficent movie, right? Which is supposed to be like, oh, in Sleeping Beauty, Maleficent actually has a backstory that means she's not wicked. See, she's good, but she can be bad at times, but she's good. But now we're getting the full on actual nuance that when you look to the past and the present, it's very rare that you actually can be like, oh, this person is fully good. Or that, oh, this person is fully bad. And sometimes good people do bad stuff. And sometimes bad people do good stuff. And sometimes it turns out that nobody's truly, truly bad. Um, you can say selfish. I would say with uh, Namari, was that the kingdom of Fang or Talon? I think it was Fang? Was it Fang? Think so. I mean, they wanted to protect their own people, which on one level is selfish, but on the other level, if you don't protect your own people, then they get turned to stone by the drones, right? Like so it's not like, oh, they're just doing that because they want to have more stuff. It's because the alternative is horrific. And and it's just a lot of we can and okay, now my brain just went to sacrifice, which is something we also I can't remember if we talked about online or offline. But it's it's that idea for me that I got really struck with the fact that Disney is really trying to nuance. And I know that probably annoys some people, and I've even listened to and some other podcasts where they're like, No, just let this person stay whatever. And it's like, well, but that as a history teacher, that helps me where I can where I can point to things in these movies that children will be familiar with and say, Well, in this one it's it's more complicated. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really appreciated that. And then, yes, the sacrifice at the end, because even though they believed everything would be fine, it was a question of sacrifice at the end of Raya, which I also was struck by. But anyway, so those are my kind of takeaways of how I compared it to other movies in the current Mm -hmm. Disney catalog.
2: And I think just to, to go off of what you both said, it's not just sacrifice, but in and in. Anna Moana and in Frozen 2, it's it's trust. Yeah. Like where you just have to trust the humanity of your yeah. fellow people. And which is, you know, because of these histories is really hard to do. Yeah. You know, you somebody like this person had their heart stolen from them. Are they gonna be super nice to you? Like maybe not. Like right. they sh- maybe they shouldn't even be, right? Right. And we did like last night, we watched it again. The kids were like, well, we have to for the podcast. Like, <laughs> the scene where, uh, where Sissy is that Sissy the dragon where she is yeah. shot. We rewatched that like oh, four yeah. times to see whose fault it was, right? Yeah. And they do such a good job of basically like it's who's it's both of it's both their faults, like, right? It's or it's none of their faults or it's mm-hmm. the fault of this the discord, right? That, right. That into the the rock people like it's the that's that's what causes her death it wasn't one specific person's fault but Mm -hmm. and I would say that like my kids didn't like that answer like it has to be some fault right and I was like I think it's either both their faults or or none of their you know it's this Mm -hmm. larger um,
1: and right and like how complex and complicated it is to trust it's not an easy thing to and not only complex but it's It's hard. It's work. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy thing to do to trust after, um, like, or in this current, like, state, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. the young Raya, who so easily trusts Namari as a young person, um, and then gets broke, you know, broken from that. Like, her heart was so broken by that, and that she, you know, has all this rage and mistrust and um, how do you heal from that and it's hard work and it's not you know you can't it's not blind faith you have to like really dig deep and find like Danica said that humanity mm-hmm. and just like take a leap of faith in in humanity but like it's not easy yeah and yep. <laughs> the the Sisu like Death and then resurrection, like, sort of did remind me of, or like, it kind of made me think of the moment when, like, Elsa comes back in Frozen 2, where you think, like, okay, she made this big sacrifice and Anna sings this, like, sad song. And you're like, wow, like, okay, that's what had to happen. And then she comes back. And you're like, oh, thank God. But, like, you know, like, I was wondering, like, is there a, is there a, Thematic purpose to that, or is it like just like the Disney Disneyfication of like, okay, well, we can't let like these <laughs> characters die. Like I was thinking, like, what is it? Is it is it purposeful narratively, or mm-hmm. is it like a is it like a a, a But either way, I think that it doesn't it doesn't like negate the the sacrifice, mm-hmm. right?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the sacrifice was made. Even if Disney brought them back, the characters don't know that, right? So if you're in the moment of the characters, nope, Zizu is dead, and now um, Raya will learn to trust because that she finally, in this moment of ultra trauma, like realizes that's what's what has been coming all along. So I did also, when Zizu was back, I was like, mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> but I mean it didn't like it didn't bother me because I mean, I think I did take it, though, as, like, Disney has decided that Zizou is back, and now here we are with Zizou.
1: Unless there's a more, like, spiritual, like, you know, explanation for that, that, that I'm not thinking about, like, the, I'm not sure. But I do think that um, it was a beautiful moment when she came back and joined yeah. her um, brothers and sisters, <laughs> and all the dragons came back. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great it was so
2: good and i loved her like at her dragonness mm. i think that we have, um i know i personally as somebody who who <laughs> who just uh, lived lord of the rings and the hobbit for like like a long time as an adult <laughs> um, way way past the age of when people generally uh you know do my concept of what a dragon was Was limited and 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 kind of not that great and like Mm -hmm. this and Zuzu again I'm just going to pronounce that one wrong every time I can (laughs) as a dragon was so fantastic so beautiful and just even Mm -hmm. the like the the figures of it and how fun and sweet she is Mm -hmm. is so different than the dragons that we have generally seen in in popular culture Mm -hmm. Um, like she was fuzzy.
1: Yes, I know she was
0: fuzzy. And I am like she and the movements like when she's running through and I'm, I'm sorry, everybody who's just listening, because I literally with my arm, I'm like, oh, the movements. <laughs> Um But when she's dancing in the rain, like on the raindrops and everything and the way her body moves, it's very reminiscent of um, like the use of dragons in parades, right? Where like people are moving them and everything. So in that, I also thought that was a really nice kind of hey, these are how dragons are. And that's why when we use them in parades, they move like this because that's what a dragon does. And I thought that was a really nice Mm -hmm. kind of overlay that they must have, you know, how Disney animators go around and study different things. And I assume that's one of the things that they studied um, to make this happen, which apparently maybe they did from home because I think one of our friends put up on um, Facebook the last final screen that I guess most of this was done from home where they were all animating and talking through zoom and unmute yourself. Um. So I kind of just picture them at home on like YouTube being like finding more parades, <laughs> got to find that dragon parade. And it's like, it's right there. Yeah. But I thought that was really good because that also means now when children who aren't raised in cultures where you have dragons as part of parades. Now, if they see that they're like, Oh, it's like Zizu And that's so cool. Like, so it gives that yeah. little cultural connection to those kids.
1: Mm hmm. I thought the dragons reminded me of Falcor from NeverEnding Story,
0: too, which (laughs) I was like, (laughs) oh, so great. So now I'm just going to admit, I've never seen NeverEnding Story. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry about that, everyone. But I do know what you mean, because that's like the most popular meme of our generation, I feel like.
1: But. We had this um, in elementary school. I think you and I are in the same year, um, Elizabeth, and we had this girl in first grade who um, just was obsessed with it. And and so she like somehow convinced our teacher to watch it during Class in, in first grade, and it was just like the I just remember being like the best day ever. Like, we were just all watching for over we two hours. And
0: oh my why. gosh, I just picture that first grade teacher being like, Yeah, yeah, let's just do it. Like, yeah, this is good. We're gonna talk about this. Let's go. Oh, but yeah um is, is okay. it
2: disney is never ever need story disney because then i'm just trying to figure out a way i can I no <laughs> i
1: don't think it is even oh. disney I don't i've even been
2: secretly dying to watch <laughs> flight of the navigator <gasps>
1: <yet>. Oh, <laughs> oh <God.
2: laughs>
1: we were obsessed with that movie
0: oh my gosh best movie ever and also so sad i think that's one of the movies where you really realize when people travel through time you know because that happens all the time but it's really sad for the people left behind oh my God. right like the brokenness of the family and the fact that their kid disappeared which <sighs> so i taught preschool for a while after i graduated college and we would every now and then kind of, I guess, like that first grade teacher, we'd pull out like a different thing to like get some time. It would be like this and like, oh, we need a break. So we're going to watch this. And someone had bought Flight of the Navigator. But because it was preschool, they only liked the opening scene. The kids only like the opening scene, which are it's like a, kids are playing with dogs or catching Frisbees. Yeah. So I must have watched that opening scene of dogs catching frisbees like so many times over the course of the year cuz that's what the kids would like beg for when they when we all need a break they're like we just want to watch the opening 5 minutes where the dogs catch frisbees. So we watched a lot oh, of dear. that. But that movie itself is just so it's like it's, wow.
1: Yeah, it's such a wow movie wow. and I would totally maybe we do like a podcast on it.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> it is Disney right like that? Yeah, I no, know. that's Disney. That is that was like the the sa- Sunday night Disney movie. I think was Flight of the Navigator. Was it even in theaters? I don't even know. It was definitely a a, a film I saw a lot. Oh, <laughs> a lot. I feel like, like they put it on VHS relatively quickly. Yeah, and- it was. The the showing of the frisbee might have been on VHS because I think our school probably only had like VCRs to play yeah. in, in 2003. Oh, sure. right? So um that was probably how we did it.
1: I oh. just never forget like every time I rode my bike, I would just be like, I might never come back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is for you.
2: <laughs> I might be the, the species sample. Oh.
0: They might want me. I don't know. here.
1: <laughs> Uh, oh that was such
0: a good oh Oh, Oh, we should definitely have an episode that is just like the made for TV Disney movies of our childhood and like what really stands out and Flight of the Navigator has to be Flight of the Navigator and Mr. Boogity are like my oh my gosh it's on Disney Plus and I have already made my children watch all of them and that also is like I was terrified but loved it so find Mr. Boogity okay
1: Okay. yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to bring us back to something we talked to like about 15 minutes ago, just because I think it's funny. Uh, so Danica, you were talking about how your your kids weren't happy about the fact that you can't tell who's the bad person, like who actually pulled the trigger and who didn't pull the trigger and was it an accident? Also, my kids were the same. My kids were like, I think both simultaneously yelling, Raya, this is all your fault. You don't get to be sad. And Amari, you totally did this. Like, why would you blah, blah. So we watched it two nights ago. And last night we were watching Dr. Strange, as one does. And my husband and I were (laughs) we're talking over the movie, like at each other. And we were discussing that you can't tell who the bad person is in that scene. And I said it was reminded me of in the last episode of WandaVision, where you have the two visions. And Mm. they're debating the thesis of, well, who's the true vision? And it's like, well, we both are. And yet neither of us are. Because we were both from this and I was like, that's what it's making me think of that you have this thesis that which one did it and it's like, well, and like you said, Danica, either they're both guilty or neither of them are guilty. And that's I likened it to the conversation with vision about what was happening there. So that's right, people. I sit around with my husband and watch Doctor Strange and other Marvel movies while talking about a Marvel TV series and a Disney movie. This is what we do on a Saturday night because we're that fun. Once again, you don't need Disney gear. No, because this it's is it. this is just you what we do. Embody and embody it. <laughs> yeah, and I will say that my husband really liked Raya. <laughs> he thought it was a great movie. We both agreed that it started a little bit slow, and I think it was because at the beginning. And my kids even said, "Oh, this reminds me of Frozen and Moana because of that narrative piece." Mm-hmm. And so we both felt it started a little bit slow, but within like ten or fifteen minutes, I think we were all sucked in to the <laughs> movie.
1: I was also wondering what you guys thought of um the figure, like maybe as a commentary on patriarchy or not, like the figure of her father. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like Farani, who's played by Sandra O, oh, who mm-hmm. I always impeccable, but that's Namari's mom. Mm-hmm. And she sort of indoctrin- indoctrinates her daughter into this like sort of I don't know ideology of of hierarchy and you know mm. this belongs to us or this you know sort of like separation whereas the father rise father sort of has this dream of of bringing everybody together mm. and i don't know if you had any thoughts on that i don't really have a, a conclusion but i was just some it was something i noticed I liked the dad. I mean, I liked the father and I, no. I thought, um,
0: Daniel day Kim, right. Is that, I'm, I mean, I was sitting there the entire time. I'm like, Oh, you're, he's you're,
1: my favorite.
0: I, I liked the father. I liked the, the fact that he was training her. I think that was very intentional on Disney's part that the father was training the daughter and there was nothing about anything. And he called her Dewdrop, and he taught her how to bring everybody together through cooking. Right. There's like that very quick scene, but it's like, Oh, look, when well, we have ingredients from everyone, yeah. everything's great and even then later on when they're on the boat the little boy who's running the boat he's also a cook
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the really big scary guy who's supposed to be really big and scary he's humanized when he looks at his baby's crib yeah so it's this whole i thought layer where they were trying to very deliberately go after the the toxic masculinity trope yeah through yeah. another rain now and that by doing that, though, you kind of—I think—that's where they made the Sandra O oh character. That's—I don't even know Namari's mom's name. I just know her as the Sandra O oh character, um, seemingly a little harsher, because she's teaching her daughter things. So that becomes interesting because of the choices. I think that they probably felt they had to make. Right. But I definitely think that that was an intentional move on their part to say, "Look, there's." there's everything's there's no patriarchy apparently in Kumandra like patriarchy does not exist in Kumandra that is not like a tradition that exists
1: here
2: right I think that's how I, th- I saw it as a reimagining of of how we can have structures of 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 communities right so we have these very strong uh, communities and the problem is, is that we have sort of clan them into. <laughs> I, I've never used "clan" as a verb, but I'm <laughs> it's probably going to come. You're use it a lot now. <laughs> but we've clan them, which of course clans are very powerful and awesome communities. But they've 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 uh, they've actually made themselves less powerful by by adhering to this clan structure so much. So, um, and also, like, I mean, uh, Raya's dad, like. I I wouldn't say he f- he's right, but he also like kills off her- their o- whole community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like right. in the way that S- S- Sandra oh <laughs> is is harsh at right. the same time, like her. Le- le- you know, everybody's nobody's a nobody's a rock person mm-hmm. there. Right. So <laughs> right. so it does. You know, it becomes this sort of and even when Rhea is. Figuring things out, she's really just doing it to bring her dad back. Yes, like she's not trying, and she's very much is like my dad was. I, you know, I don't think she says specifically that he was wrong, but she's, you know, that's why she cautions right. over and over towards the dragon. Like, no, we can't. We're like, we're not. We right. cannot build these bridges. That's that killed my dad. Right. Mm-hmm. So I agree that it is like a kind of a reimagining of of what of what structures can look like, and also, or not even a reimagine. I mean, I think. Time, millions of communities exist like this right we just don't like, see them in <laughs> right. in, uh, in disney films and uh nor celebrated in disney films and it, this like the i that's why i was hoping we could talk x is the is the 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 supporting character. yes
0: let's mm.
1: talk about the the that, family
2: the, yeah the family that just comes so like you know just so just kind of collected yeah. <laughs> right
0: huh. in, in this okay, way Abby. that is Con baby, con baby is my kids' favorite. Like my kids want to be con baby, so I like I got to get myself that baby doll. Oh my god, <laughs> ninja con baby! Oh my gosh, con baby is the best, and and it so they do they come together organically. That the end, so my first, well, my eleven year old realized that they looked like terracotta soldiers when they were turned into stone. So mm-hmm. she actually said she was like, "Hey, wait a minute," ah, and I was like. Yes. They had studied um, China when she was in third grade and she was like, Oh my gosh, I know that. Um, So she recognized that. But then at the end where it has the family motif as they become stone and they join into each other. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, that when it's all over and you get to see it too, them finding their pre-Droon fam, I want to call it like pre-blip, but that's not it, but their pre-Droon family and getting to go with them But it is, it's these people who are all, it's, I don't know, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, I love that type of stuff where it's like your, your family and they come together. And even when they find out that like, she was hiding that Zizou is a dragon, they're like mad for like a second, but they're more mad. Like, why didn't you trust us? And then they live up to the trust, right? right? Like that family lives up to the trust at any given time. It's not one of those tropes where it's like, you can't really trust us. It's like, no. You can trust those people that this, these bonds have been forged. I don't, I loved it. I loved Loved when they all turned to stone and they were all standing there together. I love that he, the big guy, I don't know his name. The big guy picked up con baby. So she wouldn't turn to stone by herself.
1: Oh yeah. Like
0: I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. This is like such a beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I loved it too. And I I loved that part. Like when I thought there was going to be like a conflict, there was like no like annoying part in this movie where people like you were like, Oh God, like, why are they acting like this? Like, it was just very like human and like, you know, like it was, there was no like annoying narrative where like someone made a mistake and then everybody's pissed. And it like natural, honest, like emotions, I thought like kind of going back to what we were saying before, like, it's just human people, you know, being people and, and and listening to each other in a way that I thought was um, really, really well depicted in this movie. And it, it is a story about trust, right? So it's mm-hmm. like like you got to, you know, kind of get beyond yourself a little bit and, mm-hmm. and just take that leap and say, okay, I'm going to – I have no other choice. I'm going to trust these people, you know?
0: And that mm-hmm. even um- – and this is not about the family, but in the beginning when the dad, Daniel D. Kim, when he throws Raya into the water to get her away from the droons. And my 11 year old freaked out. because She's like, how does he know that she's going to be OK? He just literally tossed her into the water. And I'm like, well, A, he trained her. But B, there's no alternative. Because if she stays on the bridge with him, that's it. Like, this is the only way that she could potentially be not turned to stone is to toss her into the water. And I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think those are good conversations that we are now having because that plays out a lot in our world where people are like, I can't believe someone would do that. And it's like, well, you have no other choice. Right. Yeah. Like when you have no other choice, what do you do at that point? So. Okay. We can go back to the family now. I'm now like tearing up at the picture of the big guy picking up con baby because that just, I was just so happy that she didn't have to turn to stone like that. He held her through that. I don't know. And I don't even think it was painful, but I just was like, thank you for picking up
1: the baby. Yeah. And I think the presence of the family too, like um, sort of helped Namari at the end, because she kind of looked, you know, looked at everybody and said, well, okay, this is an example of how people from every part of the Kumandra, former, you know, former Kumandra can come together and and work together. So it's just like, like a beautiful image. Mm -hmm. So anything, any last thoughts about Raya that we want to talk about? Um, Definitely. I think it's just a great new addition to the Mm -hmm. new regime. I do.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like that Disney has shifted to the empowered women viewpoint. I think then it's also, I don't know. I think they're getting better at it with each movie. And they're finding more complex storytelling with each movie. And I, I am here for it. Yep. I agree.
2: And I think, you know, like the one thing that we ended on last night was like, you know, is this a princess movie? Yeah. And, um, and I guess, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't really matter anymore. Right. Like that, right. that, that, whatever that term means is absolutely, it's very um malleable. Mm-hmm. And Disney's doing a really good job offering that malleability. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. exactly.
0: Yeah. I think ever since Brave, which the concept that Merida didn't need to get married Mm -hmm. to still Mm -hmm. fulfill whatever her role was. I think we've seen like a sharp pivot and we are, it's a bigger umbrella now. Uh, But also, I mean um, the frog prince, right. With the question of, is it a princess movie, but because she becomes a princess at the end and just all of those different things that come in because she's not a princess initially, until she marries Prince Naveen. And then she becomes a princess. But on the other hand, dude, she's like a rock star. So why even have? Yeah, I I really like the way that Disney is broadening that tent. Although, as I said earlier, that doesn't mean we can't do more. But also this movie broke my heart with Con Baby and the big guy. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> Let us know what you're thinking about this. Yes. Dear listener. Yes. <laughs> and maybe one day we'll have a t-shirt for you.
1: I was just going to say, I'm all over the t-shirt. High quality cotton, yeah. yeah. Oh my
0: gosh, they're going to be comfy. Like, we're going to try them
2: on first. Poly yeah. blends, like, we're oh. all over this. Comfortable, but not men's
0: sizes.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Important stuff. Yeah.
0: All right, well, thank you for listening to this episode on Symposia Disney. As always, I am Liz. Liza. Danica.